What I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite the ever gorgeous Sid and Caroline up. Right, okay, so uh, I'm just going to fire away some questions. Okay, first, before I even begin, um, can either one of you say hi and um, let us know how long you have been married? Yeah, I'm Sid. Uh, we've been married March, the night just on, 25 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but we've been together uh, this October. No, no, no. It's no, June. It's June. Uh, 34 years. Wow. Uh, so 25 years in the kingdom. That's me. Caroline, 27. And yeah, I'm going to pass on to Caroline. Caroline, you can tell us how you two briefly, how you met. Oh, very briefly. Well, obviously, that young, we're obviously good at 33 years, we're not that old, so. I was like 14, maybe 13 when I first saw you. So gorgeous. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so always the same school as Sid's sister, and then he, his family moved around our state where we lived. And I had my eye on him, and I thought, yeah, he's nice. My friend liked him. So in our, in our days, if we're from South London, you don't mess with your friends. If your friend liked you, someone, you don't step on their toes. But he didn't like her. So I thought, okay, it's been not, not too long. And then, long story short, we got together um, when I was 15 and you were 16. And um, very first time in my whole entire life I had sex, I got pregnant. Wow. So nine months later, we had our daughter. So I was just 16 and Sid was 17, 18, yes. And um, really, the rest is kind of history. I mean, we've got, there's so much we could say, but you know we started off very young we still feel we're young we're still enjoying each other's company um two children five grandchildren and you know life is really totally amazing and i'm not just saying it because we're here life is really amazing and i think the, it's so amazing because of all the rough times we've had now we're kind of it seems like we're reaping all the good times so you know 33 years and it's been it hasn't been a struggle I think it's been amazing and you know I relish it, I relish everything we've been through you know and everyone, everybody, especially a mixed couple every single body said you're never going to stay together and you know I thought and none of my family, I have five siblings and none of them are literally together and I thought I'm not going to be that person and I didn't have a dad and I thought I'm not going to not have a dad for my kids and I fought and fought and fought but I think it's worth it that's, 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 a quick, that's a quick one. Okay, so my first question is, statistics show that the people having the best sex are married Christian couples in their middle ages who are enjoying a sense of intimacy, a real sense of intimacy, of transparency, loyalty, and have overcome loads of insecurities and learned how to serve their spouses. So they're the kinds of people that are having the best sex. Does that resonate with you? Is it true for you both? And can you talk a little bit about how your sexual intimacy has evolved over the years and where you're at now? Yeah, uh, first of all, I agree with the stats. I don't know who made them up or <laughs> But I do agree with the stats. And I think it's highly important that we've got to reclaim that dimension. So the message is that God, great man, and 
in the making. And so it gave them every good resource within that structure. And so like, I can't stand up for uh, and I remember travelling, this is a local English, but I'm sure you read it and all that sort of stuff. And I think, this woman, it ain't really, I don't really know either, but it ain't really that clever in what she's writing. But yet, it's a bestseller. And I think to myself, why ain't we all believing? Telling the real truth. So I want to salute Bobby. We don't, we don't really recognise the true gift that we have within our local community. And you can hear the passion from Bobby, and it resonates. And when she's speaking, there's so many bullets going all over the place. And it's like some things are taught, and some things are caught. And we've got poor things down in the spirit, and we've just got to take them. So what Bobby's done was just like that. And so we need sessions to break them down and start to have dialogue with each other about this particular subject. So, for instance, uh, I, I like to say my wife is like a very well-matured wife. Oh. <laughs> and then you just got to uncork it every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, we've got some years, like, it's 34 years, wife. It's not 33, let's get this right. <laughs> it's 34 years. So, the first year, they're kind of like very, very mixed up. So it's all about your mindset. So we've got, for instance, with me, I had a warped mindset. So it wasn't until when I became a believer, I won't say Christian, when I became a believer, because Christians do all sorts of things. They don't actually represent the kingdom. Yeah? So what we need to do is represent the kingdom to the world so they can see what is the difference between light and darkness. And so, over the years, my understanding of my wife and also, uh, to be honest with you, we don't use the word sex. I don't use that word. I make you love to my wife. Yeah. One of the first things I've read was Proverbs and also Songs of Solomon. And when I read scriptures about being enraptured with your wife, I fully, I mean, I couldn't spell it, but I knew that word meant. Being enraptured. You know, do not drink from another system. Be, you know, enjoy the breast of your youth. So we've been together for a long time. And that's so much descriptive about a woman, your wife, about her body. So you've got to know which is your fountain, where you're drinking from. So I knew about drinking from other fountains. Yeah, so most of us can relate to that. And we knew about drinking from that not so clean fountain. So when you get pure water, a fountain in your wine, it becomes more tasteful, more lovely. It turns into wine. Jesus turns water. You turn water into wine. And we saved the best to last. And that's the way I see my wife and myself. Our best years are here now. Amen. I was thinking about applying this morning. I was thinking, it's really, I, I want to put it in a way where if you can fully understand, I 
I feel totally, I was trying to explain to Seb, okay, as a woman, maybe when you're younger, I've always been kind of podgy. So as you get older, you put more weight on. But when you've got a husband who continuously compliments you, I feel like a queen. Like I wake up in the morning, I think, you've got a husband who makes you feel like you are the most beautiful woman. I'm not just saying it because he's here and we're here. He texts me continuously, he rings me at work. Everyone at work says, that's your husband. He's non, non, non. He's he, until I say that, he's pleasing. Zipping. <laughs> I'm engulfed in, in love. And I don't, I mean, as a wife, I suppose I should give it fully back, but I don't. And I suppose that's just, I'm not as loving as Sid, but I feel I'm so blessed because I make, I wake up and want to think, well, I don't know who'll put up with me anyway, but you, when you've got someone who makes you feel so, so special, when the world out there says you should look like this and you should, you know, be six foot tall and a size eight, and I'm never going to get to that size eight. You know, I'm a plus one before the eight. <laughs> you know, when you've got someone who makes you feel yes. so sexy and so beautiful, you can't but want to make love with them. And, you know, I go on sometimes and, like, I go in the day, like, we're just chatting and chatting and chatting because Sydney does not stop talking. <laughs> and I go upstairs and, like, he's laid out, <laughs> he's laid out an outfit for me to put on at the night. And I'm like, really? <laughs> but I think you've made the effort. You've gone through all of my drawers. You found all the things you want. Do I put them on? Sometimes. Sometimes not. But it's exciting. Because I, I never, I'm, I didn't even know what to expect with him. And I think, you know, it always makes me think, I am so, so blessed. And I think you spoke probably a really good thing about, it's all about trust. If I didn't trust Sydney, that I know, that I know, that I know, he would never, ever leave me, it's, given, it's such a warmth. You know, there's a lot of women who think, oh, my husband's going to leave me, I'm going to put weight on, or, you know, I'm going to get old, or I don't know, you lose it. I know my knower, but he's never going to leave me. And I tell you, wake up when you think, thank you, Lord, because yeah. God knew what he was doing. So, yeah, you know, life is good. Um, would you say that sex, you've kind of answered this anyway, but um, would you say that sex is a very important part of your marriage? And what things do you put in place to make sure sex is kept? Yeah, so of course it's important. And uh, I love the way that Bobby broke them down that word, uh, no and never. Because uh, when you look at the word intercourse, it's the same word as prayer. If you define the word prayer, then you're having intercourse with God. But we use the word sexual intercourse of high intimacy. It's a high intimacy. There's a level beyond sex. Yeah. So when me and Caroline pray together, and the Spirit of God is talking to us about a subject, and revealing things to us at the same time, it's kind of bigger. There's no sexual activity to beat that. Nothing to beat that. Because that's on a physical and emotional level. When you're talking about a spiritual level, you're entering into a realm which is far beyond everything else. So we we. We are sexually active. Nothing <laughs> else to say. Yeah. Put, put away your weakness. And uh, 
and we love each other, I still chase my wife every minute. She knows. She knows that she needs her mum. So, for instance, you have got to understand, for instance, my template has always been about this vision of being the knight in shining armour who rescues the princess, takes her away, builds his castle, she's safe and she's secure. So that's a picture I had as a kid. So as I grow up, I build that picture. So my wife, she would, anything she wants in her home, she could have it. <laughs> Why? Because I'm building something, because anything I want for the kingdom, then I can have it. Yeah, so I've got to say, if mama's happy, everybody's happy. If mama ain't happy, then nobody happy. So I'm talking as a father, I'm talking as a grandfather, and I'm talking as a husband. So if you want that environment, because for me, there's nothing better. When I look at the clock at work, if I finish at half three, I'm going to be at home by quarter to four. My wife finishes at four, I'm waiting for her to get to the house. So, what I have to do is I have to build systems when she comes on so the queen can relax and sit on her throne. We both come together. So, I'm talking in symbols. I'm talking in symbols, and you've got to catch these things. You know, something to talk, something to talk. So if you want the best for your wife, your spouse, your future wife, whoever you're betrothed to, then you've got to think about these things. Because then, that's where the Lord commands the blessing. Yes. Yeah. How do you make sure sex stays um, important in your marriage? I think from a woman's point of view, I think what we've been speaking at a long time um, Made a lot of sense. You, as a woman, um, it's not just to act. Sometimes you do feel like it's to act, like you're saying you're tired, or I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it sound like I think that, but I. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were saying always like when children. Okay, our children always knew the internet because they'd be like, "Mum and Dad, shut up." <laughs> or we would. Our children learned how to have hot baths, cold baths, put the more water in the bath because it's like everyone says like. How come you guys are so active? Is that our kids like a bath? So, you know, you get what I'm saying? No? Oh, okay. So, you put the kids in the bath, you leave them. You run back in and add more hot water. Once the bath is cold, you just run back in and put more hot water. The kids like to have a bath. So, you know, we never, we never hit things. Our children know we're extremely loving to each other. Um, and they would often say, oh, you're not so noisy, oh, it's so embarrassing. Like, well, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very important. And, you know, now I see our daughter is a wife now, and she's got three young children, but she loves her husband. Wow. I mean, she loves her kids. But I, at first I was like, geez, Sydney, like, she love him so much. But I think she's seen what a marriage is. I mean, she got married at 19. And she didn't have a child for six years because they said they're having every single, they're going to visit every country they've ever desired and they're going to enjoy each other's company. And the first Christmas, she didn't come around and they had 
naked Christmas dinner. And he was like, what? <laughs> now they only learned that from their parents. So, you know, if, if they hadn't have seen the, the, how you love your husband and you serve your husband and you respect your husband, she'd have been like, I'm going to my mother's every year. So, you know, as a mother, I don't know about, I always class myself as West Indian, even though I'm white, but from a West Indian background, your daughter comes to your mum at Christmas. But our daughter's like, no, 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 I'm having it with my husband. And I think, well, I've taught her well. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, I think that um, I love serving, it's in my heart, but I love serving my husband. And everyone knows he's served well, whether it be a clean house or I don't mess around his clothes because he irons mine because I've just got him on that level. You know, you know, you serve your man, your man will serve you. But you know, I believe that, you know, he's, he's my gift. He's a gift from God. And, you know, we have lots of romantic times. And if, like I was saying, you know, it's the little texts in the morning or I might be driving to work and I'd particularly like take a song that I like on my phone and I just send it to him and I just say to him, get ready. And I tell you, from the minute I say get ready, he can't wait to come home. Because <laughs> you're up your, you know, I, I don't want to be that dry old wife. You know, your husband will be, I'm not going into that. And you know, sometimes the effort, as a wife, it's an effort. But I'm not letting anybody take my pin. So I'm going to make sure I try everything I can to, to make our life exciting. And you know, we have quite an exciting time. Okay, um, how have you dealt with, in the past, seasons where you might just be really busy? Um, for you, Caroline, like seasons where maybe you're breastfeeding and so you're nursing children and you don't have a high sex drive. Uh, what do you do with those seasons where exhaustion is coming to play and you two just don't really feel like having sex? How do you deal with that? Okay, um, well... I don't think Susan has had a baby who doesn't want to make love. And I'm not going to lie. Um, so before I was a believer and I didn't understand, I thought you'd give it to your man every time they asked for it. So it was like three times a day sometimes, you know, like, because I didn't know. Hold on, women. Then I learned. So, you know, obviously we're a young couple and it's all the time we're really enjoying each other's company and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, then children come along um, and they can't have a bath for so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you do get tired, but I think as the older I've got, because you don't want to offend your husband, I don't know about someone, you don't want to offend your husband and say, I don't know, you don't want to say no, and you feel like you can't say no, but um, I say no, I just say I'm tired, or, you know, I think Sydney, it upsets him, even now, and I might say, I just laugh, I still can't believe you can actually get the hump. Because if, if we go to bed together and I know that I'm really, really knackered and he knows I'm really, really knackered, he's still going to, he's a man, he's still going to try. Yeah. And I might just say, you know, I'm really tight. And he watch this, he's that play daddy. I'm laying with my eyes wide open because now I'm really getting annoyed. I'm going boom, boom, my heart is thinking, what a cheat. So I thought, he can't say goodnight and he won't say goodnight. So I say, Sid, you're really not going to say goodnight to me. Sex drive as Sydney has. 
So I think we've learned, like I think you've got over the last couple of years, just couple, much, much better. And you well, you never actually say, babe, we have a rest tonight. I don't think you've ever said that. So I have to kind of initiate the half argument-ish, like if I'm really, really tired, or what I might do now, which is really good, I might say, I might say to him, why don't you watch TV or why don't you read something? He says, yeah, you think you're smart. So, <laughs> so you know, I try sometimes, <laughs> I try sometimes to like, uh, not offend him, but you know, as a woman, I don't want to make him up every single night. And don't get me wrong, it's beautiful, but I don't want to do it every single night. So I, I just say sometimes, you know, I'm really, really tired and you have to understand. And I know he's not going to understand, but I think, oh, well. Sid, <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, can I just ask, so um, when Caroline says no, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> I play this game. Yes, we need to know. Yeah, it's 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 you've got you've got to. For me, I've got to say what's on the table. What's going on? So uh, one of the things I'm very interested in biking. There's a series on biking for Caroline. I can't bike. But I'm exhausted biking since finished. For me, I'm a sort of person, I like to look in the mirror and do things. So you've got to look in, uh, one of the things is, I've got to look into the issue of what happened when you say no. So do I feel rejected? Is there ever during the day where you don't look at those things and you've got to wrestle and you've got to speak to yourself certain things. So uh, there's another part, I mean, how much is that part that we call it the window? Yes, the window. So, for instance, there might be there might be times where, like, tonight's the night, so you get all excited, and then the window starts to shut every now and again. And that night, what's supposed to be tonight, ain't the night. And so, what do you do? What you call a block hole? What do you do for block hole? Yeah, and then you've got something because what tends to happen is like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. And yes, could you understand? I think now, more and more and more, I understand. Uh, that Caroline, for instance, we get longer, so we get, we go to bed much earlier. We can't do what we, we can't do what we used to do. I mean, physically throughout the day, and so there's so much more stress within our daily life than there was before. So we've got to learn how to manage the stress individually and corporately. So yes, you just got to learn to accept things. It's like well, no, you have to learn to accept that no, and deal with it, deal with the stuff that's going on with you. So it's actually respecting your mind and your body. Just to like, carry on from that, so did you make a, you know, like Caroline said that um, you're not as, like you, you, you're not kind of pursuing, well I guess you are, but you're not, you're accepting her saying no a little bit more now. So did you make a conscious decision at any point to say, okay, I, I do want to, Honor Caroline, and I kind of I am asking her for sex every single day, and I kind of need to hold it back. Like, was that a conscious decision you made? Like, how did that work? Yeah, it is a conscious because you've got to respect what you're saying to you. You've got to look at yourself. I think the key thing is to look at yourself, look what's going on. Because yeah. if you start looking externally, it's easy to point the finger at somebody yeah. else. Yeah. But when you start looking at yourself and start looking at intelligence, what's going on in your immune system? 
What is the build-up? The assumption got called the fast build-up success. So essentially, what's the build-up? What happened? What was the things that built up to what's going on with the mind? And so there's certain things we've got to be aware of, which came actually from the spirit of God. So you've got to look at issues around lust. You've got to look at, look at issues about what are you putting your eyes to? You know, what do you covenant with your eyes to? Because they could have effects on the way you feel at night time. And you start, so like as a man, you've got to have a look at those issues. Does that make sense? Yeah,
Yeah, we weren't about household goods and factories. <laughs> it was some serious material. So these are things you get used to. You know, uh, we had we had uh, videos. Like the first video I had was in nineteen eighty two. So we lived a very, 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 very good life. So watching certain things and all that, it not only triggered, it builds things in your mind. But when the Lord dealt with me, I had to go through a ruthless demolishing of my concepts about the kingdom and about women. And it was it was brutal. So these are the, the boxes I have to deal with. That to do with my emotional well-being. I went through what you might term as inner healing. So loads of things like two things were happened to me when I gave my heart to the Lord. I got to with two big strongholds. One of them was drugs. I was going to touch drugs after uh, I encountered the Lord. And so, you know, I used to be very, very big into, into uh, shifting drugs up and down in families and south London. In the sense of uh, when ecstasy came out, I was one of the main ones who bought ecstasy into the country working with men from East London. So these are drugs that enhance your sexual activity. Yeah? So the Lord had to bring all those things down to nothing and then build his pure kingdom within me. So when I view things now, I've got to also realize where do these things come from? Yeah, what, what are the main things that are trying to rebuild back in my mindset? So you've got to be ruthless with them. So in other words, whereas you might think it was okay to go with other women, as moment that comes flashing up into your eyes is another thing is men, we've got no covenant with our eyes. Yeah, so the enemy wants to attack our eyes. Any prophetic uh, organization, any prophetic ministry, one of the main things you're going to be capable of is the attack of your eyes. Your sight is going to be affected. So we've got to protect our sight. So we've got to wear blinkers and we've got to be truthful. What I do find, I'm going up in another topic, and I've learned how they talk. Yeah, so they, they usually go in their caves and they suffer in silence. Yeah, and I remember I could have done that in a public say to the boys in the public. He said, Caroline's going to be in trouble with nothing. I want to say, You can't do that. They slap you around the face and say, Take another drink or take another whatever. But now we have to have that format. So to deal with things, and we don't like to deal, we don't like to really show our true colors and open up and say, in other words, come out the closet. Okay. You know, just say, look, this is what's going on with me. So the foxes, if you allow them, they would they would wreck your field. And so what you tend to have, you have a broken root stuff. So you've got God doing stuff, you've got the works of flesh doing stuff at the same time. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think we need to have we need to have a environment such as this, a forum where we could discuss things honestly. And then have a, a time where we could sort of like have accountability how we grow and move forward. So the foxes, they do spoil the, 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 the wonderful wine because the Lord is really trying to get wine out of us. Yes. He's bringing new wine to us and he's getting rid of the old wine skin. But you know, as we do know, new wine cannot yes. 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 I wasn't that bad as a child, not like six, so uh, <laughs> um, I think with me, I think it was, um, uh, I suppose meeting Sid at 15 and 
you know, having a baby at 16 and then being with that one person. I think, I think the enemy can play havoc. When I got to about 30, so I mean, I had two kids, I was, in, I was a believer, married, um, and then I just didn't want to be in it anymore. And there was no reason, like there was just no reason. And I think that the enemy can come in and maybe if some of us that are maybe young in a relationship and you're going to get married and that's your, that's your husband for life. And the enemy can come in and say, well, what if? You know, because like when we, were, when we were younger and we weren't in the Lord, I didn't go anywhere. I couldn't go to a pub. I was one of these, you know, because he's Sid in his, in his bad day. And he thought he's a bad man. <laughs> you know, I couldn't go to a pub. I couldn't go out. I couldn't be seen as disrespecting him. My kids, I mean, our children look amazing as children. Like, totally always in the best of everything. Because it was a fear thing almost. Like, I had to look like this perfect mother of two children. I, I couldn't do anything that he did. And I think, you know, then I got born again. And then I obviously got married. And then when I got to about 30, it was like living in your ear. You've never gone on holiday with your friends. You've never slept with anybody. You've never kissed anyone. You've never flirted with anybody. And I thought, yeah, it's true. Oh my God, I've lost it. I've missed out. And honestly, and it, after about 18 months it went on for, and in those 18 months, I set my own life up. I was going to leave Sydney. I was going to go to live in Australia because I'd said to him, I'm going to leave him. I mean, it's how bad it got. And no reason hadn't done anything to me. I just, the enemy just kept on bombarding me. You've missed out. What have you gone and done? You, you, why are you, look, look at the world. Look at them lovely men out there. And I was like, oh, it's true. Oh my God. And, you know, I start to look at people and think, I can have another child by him. That's all right. Because with us, you don't have any other children from any other men. You know, no one will look at you. You've got two mixed race kids, blah, 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 blah. And then I thought, well, the enemy was like, of course you can, Kaz. You know, look at the world out there. I'm telling you, I was disgusting. Like my, my thought pattern and how bad I was. And I really, really wanted to go. And I still can't put my finger on why, but I really wanted to go. And we, we were, I spoke to Sid and he said to me, you know, the old man came out and I remember sitting opposite this table and he was eating steak. And I was eating, and he, I said, I'm going to leave, you know, definite. Like, it just got so bad. And he had his steak knife, and he said, you know what? I'm going to stick this knife in your heart, and I'll tell you, can I'll kill you. And I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's when I decided I'd go to Australia. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the only thing I could do, maybe just, and then, I mean, we've got down to even asking the children, I say to my, my daughter, who do you want to go? Who do you want to stay with? She's young and stayed with my nan. Because she wouldn't choose. She couldn't choose. And I'll tell you, there was no reason. As God is my witness, there was no reason. And it's just the enemy. So young people who are in a relationship, you've got to be so aware because I was prepared to leave everything. I mean, absolutely everything. And it was only through prayer, not my prayer, because I wasn't interested. It was only through prayer of my husband getting up in the morning and crying downstairs, I'd hear him. And I'd even think, oh, why is he doing that? You know, like I was so turned. Yes. And I had no, I didn't know why. And he would he would pray and he would pray and he would cry and he said, You're not going. And I don't suppose it was because, well, of course he loved me. But I think it was more, it had to be more because I wouldn't stay with me. I was not a nice person. 
And I think I told the story last time that I'd went away. A friend took me away and said, you know, you've got to come away. And I was like, yeah, I'll go away. I was so cold. You know, and I read this book. Um, and then my friend said to me, if you got home and Sydney was absolutely dead, not left, how would you feel? And then I realised, I don't know, it was just bizarre. And I thought, oh my God, I love him so much. What have I done? Like, you just don't know how the enemy can play with you. Because you think you've only been with one man all your life. And you all, they say the, the grass is green. And I thought it was. And I wanted to try it. And then when I got home from England, and he said, he nearly actually, he was working as a builder. And because he, he loves his hands, he would only wear rubber marigolds as a builder. And everyone would laugh at him and say, why are you digging a... a Electric cable on what was it? Islington High Road, Kilburn High Road, and he actually dug into an electric cable on a whole road blue. And the fire engine man said he should have blown his head off. And that was while I was away. And I knew God had said, "Listen, don't mess about. You know, do you want to lose him?" And I thought, and I came. And what was so beautiful when I came back, we never ever spoke about it. We never spoke about me wanting to leave. And we never spoke about, I didn't have to ask you for forgiveness. We just, our life just changed. I don't know, you know, so that was my thoughts, really. But, and it's just a warning to other people, you know, the enemy will come and say to you, there's better out there. But what God has put together, you know, the enemy is going to try and come and, and pull you away. And, you know, I was prepared to leave, leave my kids. I love my kids. I was prepared to leave them. I was going to leave them. And I had no idea why. But, you know, that's, that was what the enemy did to me. And I, I just really thank God, really, for a praying husband who didn't just kick me out because he should have. You know, so that was mine. Awesome. Yeah. So, I think what's really important, what held me in my dark times was the covenant. Yeah. Yeah, you really got to, I mean, this is something, you know, even though I didn't really want to get married, think about the covenant. So when you say, for better for worse, in sickness, also in death, in health, for better for worse, you got me in. It's a covenant. Yeah. You're, you know, even though it's nice, the day's wonderful, whatever you choose to do, but you're saying that before the Lord. And so what I used to do is put the covenant back before the Lord and say, you said that. You know, when he was coming and intervening, you said, Lord. So all they go back to your covenant, so you said, Lord. So I'm, I'm not responsible for his work. Yeah, and you, you know, you're saying, Lord, Lord, your work. Awesome. So, Caroline, when, because I know early on in your marriage, you were like the one who was going for it, and obviously Sid kind of was less mature or whatever, you know, at that time. How did you find yourself, like, were you still able to be inspired by Sid? And, you know, if, if, when, how were you able to be intimate with him? Like, did that have an impact on your desire for him, even when he wasn't walking in the fullness of his spiritual authority or as a, as a man in the home? Did that impact that at all? Um, well, before, when I got saved, I got saved in 89, and then he got saved in 91. But he got saved on March the... Uh, and we got married on March the 9th. No, yeah, yeah. So what, what happened was, so he got saved. Um, on our honeymoon... <laughs> God, it was bizarre. So he got saved 
didn't want to get saved, but the Lord just quickly in the spirit on our estate. And um, even the wedding in itself was, oh no, we, we got married before you got saved. No, it's all right, I'm confusing myself yet. Yeah. I was saved and I got baptized and I said, I'm not going to sleep with you anymore. And by this time, he was selling drugs from the house. So I used to sleep in our daughter's room and lock the door. And uh, it was mad. Our lifestyle was, was really crazy. Anyway, um, I then decided to pray. And I was praying and praying and thinking, oh, gosh, there's got to be someone else for me. I think I said this when we had our marriage thing. So I was praying for someone, God, to bring someone else to me <laughs> and put Sid in prison. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, God tells you, he just says, you know, ask and you'll give us. You know? I, thought I, was, I thought that was what was happening. Um, so, I you know. That's witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I was thinking, Lord, you haven't gave me this. this I, I deserve better. I didn't know these plans, obviously. So then we went out for Valentine, and then the Lord, I know, distinctly said to me, you have to get married. And he was still a drug addict, alcoholic, a thief, all those things. And I thought, really? Why would you do that to me? And the Lord said, you have to get married. So I remember to this day, I was £16.50 as a waitress in those days. I was £16.50. I went to Brixton Register Office and I booked the wedding. And he rang me up at work. I sneaked his birth certificate and then he rang me up at work. And he was like, I said, oh, Sid, um, I booked a wedding today. And he said, what? What wedding? I said, our wedding. They're getting married in three weeks' time. And he's like, no, no, that's not going to happen. And then his drug mind cracked in. He went, oh, you know what, Kaz? I was like, I had a garden. Let me come down and get some money and buy the rings. I'm thinking, oh, God, you are great. No, 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 no. I gave him the money and he went and bought drugs. So I'm, and I'm still thinking, Lord, this can't be right. It's just what you really want. And he wouldn't say he's not going to invite. No, his mum says she's not coming to the wedding, and he only wants strangers to come and be witnesses. And I said, look, at the end of the day, I'm a Christian, and if you don't marry me, you've got to leave. This is what God is saying. You either marry me, or you've got to go. And um, of course, he's not going to go, is he? So uh, that was so. That was we put the wedding for March the 9th. On March the third. As a, I don't know about most, most of you, he went to get himself blessed before he got married. He said, oh, I'm going to go to church then, let's go to church. So we took him to his church, which was really offy, really wacky. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to think I'm in a cult, and he's going to think I'm weird. But God spoke to him, and God said to him, Sid, there are two churches. There's a false church, and there's a true church. And I want you to say, I want you to serve the true church. But because he was on drugs, he was all paranoid, so I started to try and run out. Every time he ran out, there was a police car. <laughs> and when you're a thief, you get really paranoid. So he kept having to come back. But we didn't know. We were thinking, oh my God, he's going to think we're mad anyway. So our old pastor drove him home, and he got saved. So you think, I'll put the wedding. So I think it's on the 15th of Feb to get married on the 9th of March, and he got saved on the 3rd of March. And I'm not joking, he, when I say Sidney was an addict, he was an addict. When I say he was an alcoholic, he was an alcoholic. And he never ever had rehab, he never touched drugs again in his life. There was a miraculous, when I say miraculous change, it was phenomenal. So, to be honest, I never looked at him, I just saw the greatness God was doing. And when I knew that God did miracles, I couldn't but want to be with him. So it was, there was never a point in my life where I thought he's not 
the man you should be. And you know, at one point, he got so involved with God, everyone was ringing him, Sid's gone mad. Sid's his mum was, Sid's paralyzed. Sid, you're killing mad, you know. And I said, Why? <laughs> and All he's doing is reading the Bible. He had like six books on the floor. So I came home from work. Because he didn't work, he never worked for, I don't think he knew what work was. And he'd have like six books on the floor, just study, study, study. But I knew what God was doing. And I said to his mum, how can you complain? He's a believer now, and you're still complaining. And so we let him we let him have his madness. And I know that God really fed him everything he needed. And he just gone really from glory to glory. And I just took my rightful place because I am dominant. And when he came to the Lord, I was in leadership. And I suppose it's difficult because they think, oh, you know, he's your husband, you're in leadership and you can say more. No, 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 no. Why have you got to take your place? Yes. And my place was really to serve him and let God elevate him and let him run, which was perfect for me. You know, so yeah, that's, that's really what happened with us. Awesome. Okay, so this is going to be last question uh, but it's not really a question it's for both of you to be able to share whatever is on your heart to encourage everyone who's desiring to experience a fulfilling marriage or sex life whether it's those that are already married whether it's those that are desiring marriage but really what would you what are some of the nuggets that you would like to share for people that want the fullness of that yeah, um, I think the picture I've got is uh, in the book of Malachi where the Lord says, you know, he's going to restore the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the hearts of the children back to the fathers, unless it's going to come to strike them into the curse. And so when you look at that, he's also got the mind of the family in his heart. And so we've got to demonstrate to the world's family. So within a community like uh, CCS, not just CCS, we've got to demonstrate positive, elevated marriages. Yes. So we've got to make the world jealous. Yes. Um, so in other words, what does that look like? So, you know, the, the lovemaking, the sexual intimacy is like the pinnacle. Because it does jump straight to the point. <laughs> You've got to love your wife. That's that. So one of the things what was very, very clear to me, the Lord said to me, how can I trust you with my part if you can't look after your part? So as a leader within a, a church setting, it's very, very important how we look after each other. And so if we do that right, from the overflow of what was in our homes, then the world's going to get better. So then when we say to come and taste to see that Lord is good, they've come. Because they've seen it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm answering your question, which is we really, 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 really got changed. Yeah, so we move from glory to glory to glory to glory. So every day we wake up, we change. Yeah, but we don't really recognize it. But we really have to be something that's desirable, just like Solomon in his kingdom. 
When the Queen of Sheba came, she wanted to see the Christ within that image. And what did she do? She did this. Yeah? And so we've got to show the world, we're on the showcase now. That we really, really are the true representation of the kingdom of God. And so we demonstrate that in the way we look after our wives. Yeah, so I guarantee you, men, if you don't look after your wife, someone else will look after you. Yeah, if we don't look after our children, someone else is going to look after us. So, how do we bring up our children is another factor. So, in other words, the world and also the Babylonian system has got to look at our children and see, my God, look how great they are, look how wonderful they are, look how structured they are, look how behaved they are. You know? And so then we can start really taking over. Mm. I'll say that again. Yeah. Then we could really start going to the nations yes. and saying that we are ambassadors yes. of Christ. Because yes. I'm out to have my wife and present her to the King of Kings. Yes. Because I've also seen it just like Adam. Um, in the cool of the day, when the Lord came walking through the garden, he said to Adam, Where are you? He didn't say to Eve. He said, Adam, where are you? And so we've got a responsibility. He's going to come to us. I know for a fact the Lord's coming to me first and say, Show me your wife. Any defect in her is my fault. Yeah, I know she's got her own responsibility, but the defects are my fault. I've got to focus watching her. Wash your feet. Yeah, the first ministry for me is washing up ministry. Yeah, the first ministry for me is washing up legs. Not rinsing and washing them, just soaking them. Yeah? Then the bedroom's going to be alright. Yeah? So these are just practical stuff. And if you can't do practical stuff, how do you expect to do spiritual stuff? Listen, why don't you pull your job in and all that? If you can't do the practical stuff, then how are you going to trust me with the true spiritual gifts? No matter what you see, no matter what YouTube you watch, it doesn't work like that. Those are not true formulas. Some of them are, but they're not really true formulas. If you listen to what Christ says within the parables, it's very practical. Proverbs are very practical. Songs of Solomon, there's not one mention of God in the Songs of Solomon. I'll say that again. There's not one word mentioned about God in the Songs of Solomon. It's very practical. But we need to be practical and spiritual. I think I think that you know we as married people, couples, um, we've got to keep the spice going. We've got to don't be complacent because even though you know your husband's never going to leave you, you don't want a boring, dull life. I want my life to be full of excitement. I want to be excited to go home. I want to be excited to make love with my husband, and not a chore. So we do lots of things, lots of little things. Like, um, I mean, one, one thing that will always, always stand out with me when we were first believers, and we used to go to a retreat and um, separately. So the men would go and the women would go. And Sid went with the men, and then I went with all of my friends. Oh, you went by yourself? Oh, you went by that. You didn't know me. There's no That's another thing. Men, you guys got to build up each other. Us ladies, we can share and joke and say, how do you think of but men, you have to build each other up. You've got to, you've got to be like united as an army. Yeah. Anyway, it's the poor sleeping on his own. 
and that was all my friends. And um, he said to me, when you go, go to this, um, it was like a prayer shed. And he said, look up in the very, very corner and put your hands up there. So I'm getting all like, oh my God, what is it? And he, he left me a love, a love letter. And I'll tell you, you know, like little things. And I think, oh my God. And then to have your friends with you to share it, it makes them think, my husband better do that to me. <laughs> you know? But it is, it's, the, it's the little things. Because you, you might look at Sid and you might think, oh, he's a big, strong man. But he's a real big teddy. Like, you know, he, he, he does nice little things. So he would like um, buy me these odd cards. And, you know, like, he likes really nice things. And this is the first year I've ever written back. I would write a card, but I'm not full of words. And on our anniversary, he couldn't believe it. He actually, I think he took a photo of it, he kept it up for weeks. But because he's not used to it, and I suppose as women, we've got to be a bit more, well, I can't only speak about myself. I've got to be a bit more, um, yeah, a little bit more giving in, in that kind of writing way. I give, I give other things, but you know, that kind of way. But, you know, it's, it's, keeping, it's keeping it going, it's keeping it exciting. It's, like you're saying, going to work, I can't wait to get home. And you're like, my friends, like, they always, they cannot believe how much we go out. I can't believe on a date night. Like, even further, when we meet, we meet with Bobby and the rest of the group, and we always make sure we're back from your first. This is date night. And they're like, again? And I said, yeah, again. Because I'm showing people around me that, you know, yes, 34 years together, but I tell you what, every day is new. And if you don't make it exciting, it will get boring. And it's not all about having money. You can do things without that, you know, and it is about, we do, literally, I think we do everything together, you know, and we talk about our day, and, you know, so if we're going to go and visit, we visit together, and we're not like, because we're glued to each other, because I like space. I don't mind not being with Sid, like, I would love him to just have his own time, but we do a lot, most of our things we do together, because we are friends, you know, and, you know, I think it's about being honest, and yes, you are going to hurt each other sometimes, with things that you say, but, you know, it is about being honest with each other, and, and having to deal with that, you're never, you're never always going to be talking, you know, and I call that my great time of not talking, because I just get a break, <laughs> you know, but I know that he always makes up with me, and it, you, you've got to know your husband, you've got to know who's the one who's going to always come and do the running, and, you know, unfortunately, it's for Sue, he does the running, I know he's going to always do it, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to be a really horrible cow and make him. I don't want to argue, but I know that if we do have an argument, it's never going to last long. You know what I mean? He can't live without me, so it won't last long. So, you know, but we know each other. And, you know, we gel with each other, and that's how we get on. But we are totally, I think we're totally honest. I think we're totally transparent with each other. And it's hurtful sometimes, because he will tell me things, and I know I've got to fix up. But if I didn't have my husband telling me, I'd be in a very bad state. And that's his duty to tell me. That's his job. So, you know, I do thank God for him. And I thank God for every husband and wife here. And, you know, I pray that we can all really come together and be totally transparent with each other. And those of us that want to get married. You know, and, you know, we need to be strong with each other. And we need to be honest with each other. Because there's people telling, there's believers telling people at work their business. And you know, the, and the people that work would be like, I'm not going to church, look at them then. Because we can't share with each other. Because we thought people are going to condemn us or look down on us, you know. So, really thank Bobby for what you've done, Bobby. You've done a fantastic job with this. And, you know. We're pretty much kind of ready to close. Um, but 
But before we do that, I just would love for either one of you to pray or say something like what, because you know, I can't really stand here as I attempted to earlier, and if people are battling in this area of sexual intimacy, um, it's going to be so much, um, well, it's better coming from a married couple, really. Like, so what would you say to a couple that is right now battling in this area, and as much as, you know, we can get practical and whatever, like, what can you say to someone who's in a, in a place of pain and struggle in this particular area in their marriage? Is there anything you can say to, or say to encourage them, um, to give them fuel, like something that can maybe rekindle the sexual intimacy in their life, help them see their spouse in another way, but just really be able to minister to them in this moment where they're at? Yes. I think, uh, nothing. I know. So, uh, and this is for singles as well, and those are desiring to get married because when you're digging upon this lovely time. But it's just a question, really, and I just wanted to pause and think about it. So, uh, Cain and Abel, two brothers, one killed the other. And the question is, are you your brothers or your sisters keeper? And the answer is yes. So some of us have got issues, and we may have come further down the road. So one of the things I do, I specialise in working with men who are in prison who have been sexually abused and sexual predators. And uh, it's quite easy talking to them, because when you tell them the truth, they understand it, because they know they're dysfunctional. I knew I was dysfunctional, I'm highly dysfunctional, so I needed the healing. So one of the things I have to look at is dysfunctional areas. So one of the things Andrew touched on is domestic violence within the church. Andrew touched on that. Yeah, and that's that's I mean if I really want to get if I really want to get to the core business, I really like to talk to them and say, Well, bang out water. If you're doing that, who's ever hearing that? It's out, hey, it's a violation of what you're doing. Yeah, it's an actual violation and the law makes rules about things like that. But there's certain things we need to deal with. I understand historically why am I like that? There's certain issues we need to be really working on. And if you're not seeking, if you're not, I don't know if you've been discipled. I don't know if you submitted yourself to a person to disciple you, to mentor you, as the pattern of the, of, of the Bible. And so we need people. We need to really be honest and talk through and get some healing. It's not just one prayer and it's all done. Sometimes it's more than that. That does work. And even for sisters, you know, like the, the older sister. You know, the mothers of the church taking on the youngest yeah. and taking them through and, and preparing them for marriage or preparing them for singleness. Because some of us, of course, have been single and we've got to go through that. So these are the dialogues we need to be having, to be open in a forum where we can talk about how we're going to bring through the next generation to a wholeness. So we all are for wholeness and we desire to be whole. And so that takes, you know, some effort. So you know, the Bible tells us about the prayer of a fervent man or woman avails much. Yeah, and so we need to be doing that. So we need to be kind of honest with ourselves and put ourselves on that on that table, the operating table, and let the Lord use that certain plan to cut out certain things in our in our in our internal, our soul. Yeah, and we need to renew our minds. Because you know, we really need to get off in our bodies because we need to be sacrificed holy and so we no longer be uh, conformed to the patterns of this world, but we become transformed. Mm -hmm.
I really want to say that to us. And then uh, the, the real goal is homeless. You know, um, what else can we do? What else can we do? What can we do as a, as a church, as a congregation? We can, you know, advance and increase in the world. These are things we need to really, you know, listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. He doesn't want us to come and deal with something. He wants us to move on. Yeah? Amen? Talk to you about your husband, you know, and I think it, it can be a time where 
you know, you have to make that effort. You have to make that sacrifice and say, look, um, let's get away for the weekend. We need to talk. You know, I'm not leaving you because everyone starts like when you say we need to talk. The first thing they think of, oh my God, someone's going to leave you. I think you just need to, you know, get away yeah. and really, yeah, really yeah. refresh yourself. There's nothing more lovely. Yeah. Like, I think for me, and now we live on our own, yeah. and I still say, let's go racing. There's just yeah. something nice about getting out of that environment, getting away from London, fresh air, and you really can talk. And you know, I think of a man. Men go for a lot and they don't say, like we're saying again, they could be depressed, problems at work, financial issues, and you don't want to tell your wife, you don't want to, you don't want to feel like a letdown, but your wife is there for those times. Your wife's there to lift you up when you're down, and then your husband's there to lift you up when you're down. That's why you're in a partnership. So, you know, there are things that husbands go through and you're embarrassed to tell your wife, or you could be sexually, that you're embarrassed, something's not right. You know, I said this the other day. Have you been for a um, is it called prostate? Have you been for a checkup? You need to, you know, like, and you know, these are some things that I have to tell him because I'm worried. I'm not losing my husband. Forget about your pride if you need to go to doctors, and you know, so you know, I'm, I feel quite open. I can tell a lot of things to him, and he will tell the same thing to me. But there are some people you just don't share with your partner how you're feeling. That's what they're there for. They are that's your helpmate. Don't feel embarrassed. I would rather Sid come and tell me that he's depressed. Because if he's depressed, I'm going to make sure that I help him in that. But if he just sits in his depression, I'm going to think he doesn't love me. Is he having an affair? Or I'm going to have one. You know, and then we just get messed up. So, you know, try and be a bit more open with each other. You'd be really surprised that your wife has a good ear. And she's wise. Women are wise. You know, and we're together as a partnership because we can help men. And vice versa, you know. But, um, Please be more honest. And you know, honesty is the best policy and it hurts, but you get over that. Yeah. I'm glad for that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I, I believe uh, that we're one of the new paradigms. So we've got to think in a different. So, um, like for instance, the Bible says, uh, even though we have many instructors, there's not many and so the whole issue of fatherhood, I don't mean you could be you could be a man and you're not got no children because it's the best spiritual father in the house. And so what other identifies within the kingdom as the fathers and sons and sons and fathers. And so there's so much issues that men go through, you'd be surprised. And they've just not got that capacity to have that dialogue. And also there's a lot of fear elements because we've got a generation that's not seen a father or a grandfather. They've seen a mother or grandmother, but they've not seen true fathers. And so we need to think of ways. I don't know what the exact answer is, apart from the kingdom, but we need to, to be very, very wise and skilled in how do we decode younger men. Or what I do find is quite sad. I find mature men in age, but emotionally are very young. It's very, very sad. It's a, it's a huge issue. So when you challenge them, because Jesus was a challenge and confronted by truth from love. And so men, you do find when you challenge a young man, they do tend to crumble sometimes. And they start to respond and they go back to a cave. Yeah? So what we need to do is blood that cave so I've got nowhere to go. We need to blood that spiritual cave. So they've got nowhere to go, so they can only go forward into the backwards. 
And so what they tend to do uh, is a bit like what's uh, called Noah and Son. Noah was naked. And we need to learn how to cover up our brother's nakedness. Even if it means we walk backwards again. Cover them up so we can walk them forward. That's a skill in us our heart. And we need to be doing that instead of exposing their nakedness and their drunkenness. So we use them. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're just going to close with you two just praying over uh, all the married couples and those that desire to get married. Okay, so Holy Spirit, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty yes. and there's freedom. That's your word. Father, you've drawn your people here for a reason and for a purpose. And we declare the freedom of their minds and their hearts over every element. Lord, you came to set the captives free. You never came to the world, but you came to the city. And Lord, with the resource of heaven, release your freedom. Breathe afresh on your people. Dream afresh on every married couple here And all those that are on the path of marriage, disrupt the plans of the enemy. We speak right now. We speak by the authority invested in us that every plan of destruction be broken now in the name of Jesus Christ. And now we ask you to open up the seal, Lord, of revelation about our lives in each other. Father, delay all that prolonging about plans, Lord, so that this one can be that way. Let betrothal be true. Let it be true to everyone's heart. And for those who have made up their minds to be single, strengthen them in that area right now. The Lord, we pronounce peace that passes all understanding in the house today, Lord. We pronounce as well richness in you. Richness in you. And may you open, enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we should know the hope of your calling, which is in Christ Jesus. And Lord, may you raise up sinners and acquittals in the house. May you raise up new Adams and Eve. May you raise up, Father, the kings and queens, the royalty in the house. As we declare this a royal house. In Jesus' name. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just give you thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and speak, Father, openly and in transparency about our love making as couples, married couples, Father. I thank you, Lord God. Father, first I thank you for every married couple today. Thank you, Lord, for the covenant that was made, Lord, that made on their wedding day, Father. Thank you, Lord God, that you pour, Lord, your love. You pour, Father, your love 
back into our marriages, Father. Let there be a bubbling up, Lord God, a bubbling up and excitement, Lord God, a desire for each other, Father. That Father, when we when we go home, Lord God, and we're together as a couple, Father, our love making be spectacular, Father. We speak it, Lord God, newness of life, Father, a fresh anointing, Father. Help us, Lord God, to love each other, Lord God, like 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 young lovers again, Father. Where there's an excitement to be together, Lord. Help us, Lord God, for those of us that are feeling weary, Lord God. Renew us, Father. Renew us afresh today, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord. And I seal every marriage, Lord, with your word, Father. Because your word is truth and it is light and it is life. And it brings life to every marriage, Father. So we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for those people that are single, Lord. For those that are desiring to find a husband or a wife, Father. I thank you for patience, Lord. I thank you that at this time you begin to teach them, Lord, what it is to be a wife or a husband. Help them, Lord God, to have eyes to see, Lord God, not to rush, Father, into anything that is not of you, Lord. Help them, Lord, to have discernment. I pray for discernment for every single person, Lord, who's desiring to be married, Father, that they will see, Lord God, when the enemy tries to send them something that's not right, Lord God, that you alone, Lord God, will speak, Father, and you'll speak clearly, Lord God, that this person is not for them, Lord, or this person is for them, Father. So I thank you, Lord, that they will stay strong, that they will stay strong, Lord God, that their love will be for you and you alone until that time that you send them a partner, Lord. So we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your love, for your grace, for your peace, Lord God. And we thank you most of all for the love of Christ because yeah. he is in us, Father. Yeah. Help us to love each other. Those of us that, you know, even our, our friendships, Lord, yeah. help the men, Lord God, to be more open with each other, to be transparent. Yeah. There is yeah. no condemnation for yeah. those of us that are in you, Father. So help our men, Lord God, to build an army, Father, that they can take their rightful place in CCF, Lord God, where there will be no daggers at them, Father, that everybody's there to lift each other up, Lord, to build and make them strong men that they should be, Father, that we can look up to our men and say, wow, we've got a pack of men in this church, Lord. So I thank you for every man that's coming, Father. I thank you for every strong man in CCF, Lord, and we call them in in the name of Jesus, and we call those that are here, Lord God, we say, Lord God, build their backbone to be strong, Father, to be warriors, Lord God, for you. So, Lord God, we know that we are protected by our men in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Sorry, sorry. Just quickly, just going to pray, because I know there's some incredible husbands out there who need to call them in. So, would you agree with me? Yes. Yeah? Just to we call forth every prodigal man right now that's abandoned their post. Yes. And they've gone. Lord, when you give them that big spirit where they can recognize the father's house is much better. Yes. So we call forth the prodigal husband right now to come into alignment in Jesus' name. We call forth every prodigal wife to align themselves to the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.